Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis. It's uh, Tuesday. My God, look at the rain coming down. Uh, were the weathermen wrong again today? I think they were. I looked like a wet rat when I came uh, in today. Well, they, they, did, they did say this afternoon we were going to get, you know, torrential thunderstorms. They did, did they say that? They well, did, yes. they delivered. Because yes. I, I, I don't believe weather people anymore. Uh, no, they said it. In the studio with us, we have uh, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, <laughs> uh, a common sense Democrat, and Craig Eaton, a common sense Republican. Uh, both attorneys, one a judge, uh, one a very common sense attorney. And guys... I saw Andrew Cuomo on, uh, was it Sunday night? Sunday night he had the table next to me in, in, in Southampton. And Bruce Blakeman had the table on my left. And, wow. And, and uh, <laughs> Cuomo on my right. That's an interesting uh, place. <laughs> interesting place. Uh, Blue Mar. Great food, great food. And, of course, Bruce Blakeman, of course, is uh, the you know county it's, executive. Exactly. Republican. Executive. Right. Uh, by the way, we have a great show for you today. And and the big news on Andrew Cuomo on Sunday was the fact that uh, he tries to get the records of how his indictment or oh, possible indictment was coming through. And the judge, you read it. Craig uh, Eaton, you read it. Yeah. How can they deny him? Uh, the right to have to see what the, what his accusers are. What they what he was looking for is two sets of documents. One was the internal analysis and the documents supporting Tish James, the Attorney General's investigation, and the basis of her report. And the other thing that they were looking for was the uh, the legislative records of the uh, State Senate Judiciary Committee, which was threatening him with impeachment. But 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 the judge the judge when he rendered the decision and denied it, he said it's. Based on legislative privilege. Right. I don't think that legislative privilege should trump his right to review all the documents, look at any exculpatory evidence that could be in there. I mean, he's got rights as a, I, as a defendant. I agree. I agree with you. And by the way, this is involving the uh, lawsuits. These are the allegations that he sexually harassed multiple yeah. women when he was governor. How is he supposed um, to prepare a defense? Exactly. You would think that he would, anybody would have a right to that kind of material. How are they going to exactly represent and the, themselves? And the fact of the matter is there's no harm. Either to uh, Tish James, or to uh, or to the legislature by giving up those documents. No, I just thought he's entitled to the documents of uh, what they uh, tried. Absolutely, to you know, on. any defendant any defendant is entitled to all the evidence that the prosecutor has against them, and they they get to look at it and see if there's any exculpatory evidence, which is evidence that could you know help him in his defense. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it is stunning. Now, by, by the way, way, now we're waiting for Alan Dershowitz. Can I wish also wish somebody somebody's a, a year older? By the way, somebody's a year older here in the studio. Happy birthday, Craig! Yes. One year and one day. Looking one good. Looking, looking good. You're Thank ready. You. 
That Thank sounds you. great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was ready. I you thought you were going to sing Happy Birthday. Last week. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, John. Thank Aaron you. Aaron Dershowitz is on, uh, and then we're going to have John Solomon in with some breaking news. Absolutely. Let's go to Professor. And by the way, yeah, at what? the end, at 545 or 550, we have uh, uh, Ray DA, Tierney. Ray yes. Tierney. And he may have some breaking news. Yeah, some big stuff on the Gilgo Beach stuff. You definitely want to stay tuned to that. Uh, and joining us now at an action-packed show here, you can hear on Cats and Cosby, uh, the great Harvard Emeritus Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. And his new book is called Get Trump, of course. Professor well, Dershowitz, there is so much to talk with you about. I want to get oh your yeah. take. Well, let's, let's, start, let's start with Cuomo. All uh, right. Of course he has the right to see all the documents. There's a Supreme Court case right on point. It's called Davis versus Alaska. There, uh, the state of Alaska claimed that material was privileged because it was juvenile records. And the Supreme Court said unequivocally that the right of a defendant to see material uh, is much more important than any privileges, even if the privileges are as important as protecting young people. The privileges in this case are nonsense, of course, legislative privilege. What the hell does that mean? So Cuomo has an absolute right to see everything. And what are they hiding? If they're if they have a case, they should want everything to be spelled out. So where do you see this going? What what's his option next? He goes to the courts, and ultimately it might go to federal court, where he'd have a better chance than in state court. But I think he prevails. I, I agree with Professor Dershowitz. Look, I when I was a general counsel, city council, I used legislative privilege, which I consider to be an analog to executive privilege. But you know what? The, the professor's right. It falls. To the defendant's right to have this information. How how can he possibly defend himself against all these accusations, which they were parroting at press conferences are, all are the we time? Losing, Professor Dershowitz, are, are we losing the rule of law? We are in the process of losing the rule of law. It's uh, been taken over by the rule of partisan politics. And, uh, you know, the, the, you have people like uh, Professor Tuchnit and Professor Tribe at Harvard who basically to know whether a certain rule involves a Republican or a Democrat. Oops, we're losing you a little bit there. We're losing you a little bit, Professor Dershowitz. You're kind of fading in and out, but uh, yeah, we hear you now. Yep, we hear you now. Okay. Okay. Alan, would you tell people what Tushnet, I I know about Tushnet, would you tell people what his position is with respect to... That the the United States government should ignore the Supreme Court's decision because he doesn't like the results. And uh, the president should simply go on and continue to tell universities that they can use race in admission because Tushnet and the other professors don't like it. And Professor Tribe said, no, 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 don't do that. Just cheat. Just circumvent. Just do things that uh, uh, undercut the decision. Where's his ethics? I I think it's awful. Just the way Southern professors said to ignore Brown versus Board of Education. That undercuts the rule of law uh, considerably. And, uh, you know, this idea of just ignoring the law. I mean, for Tushnet and Tribe, there are two laws. If it hurts the Republicans, it's a good law. If it hurts the Democrats, it's a bad law. If it hurts progressives, it's a bad law. If it helps progressives and wokes, it's a good law. You don't need to go to law school. to. Be, uh, they are just completely... Crazy. Uh, political ideologues disguised as professors. They disguise their bias as scholarship. Now, they can't fool me because I'm as much. I can read through their scholarship and see that it doesn't even begin to approach scholarship. 
And there's a whole bunch of Harvard professors, Professor Bowie, uh, Professor Tushnik, Professor Tribe, and there are others for whom the only thing that matters is it doesn't help their side or hurt their side. Yeah. Professor, what just happened in Israel a couple of days ago when yeah. the legislature uh, said yeah. that the legislature will, can overrule the Supreme Court of Israel? On one issue, just on issues of reasonableness, and no court in the world, other than the Israeli Supreme Court, has the power to strike down legislation or executive power on the ground of reasonableness. In 10 minutes, I will be meeting the former Prime Minister of Israel, um, Naftali Bennett, and we will be talking about that issue. I've been in touch with the President of Israel and the Prime Minister of Israel, offering my help to try to resolve this in a reasonable way, in a compromised way. I have an article in uh, uh, several newspapers yesterday and today about this issue. So I've been deeply involved in it, and it's very disturbing. And, you know, military people shouldn't politicize their role in the military by refusing to serve. Doctors shouldn't refuse to serve. And people who object to this uh, reform uh, shouldn't be hurting Israel's economy in the process of doing so. So I'm critical of both sides. Uh, Both sides are using extremism. And both sides, extremists, are winning because they strengthen their base. You know, Professor Dershowitz, I want to ask you about this other big news. Um, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, just came out a little bit ago and reinforced this, uh, basically saying that the Biden family business dealings are rising to the level of an impeachment inquiry, saying uh, not calling for it yet, but saying it's getting closer. And he said he feels that the American public just needs to know the truth and that by having an inquiry, it gives more ammunition to, you know, get documents and get support and staff and so forth. Well, that's a misuse of the impeachment power. I agree we ought to learn more, and I think Congress has plenty of power to get more. But impeaching him without proving that there are crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors like treason or bribery, would fall into the same trap that the Democrats fell into when they tried to impeach Trump. And I have to tell you right now, if they do impeach Biden on unconstitutional grounds, I would offer to defend them. Whether he accepts my offer or not, I don't know. But I would be just as strong in defense of a Democrat as a Republican if the Congress violated the Constitution in impeaching him. If they find an impeachable offense, fine. But if it's not an impeachable offense, I'm on the side of the Constitution. Alan, if you did that, does that mean Larry David would talk to you on Martha's Vineyard again? (laughs) I I don't know if you go that far. I wouldn't wouldn't talk to him, so it didn't matter. (laughs) The guy on SNL, of course. Do you think what what Kevin McCarthy was saying about removing removing the impeachments uh, uh, against uh, President Trump because all all that stuff was a lot of crap, is that doable? What do you mean? He's rescinding, yeah, he's, rescinding, rescinding the impeachment. Rescinding, rescinding yeah, the, uh, the impeachment. Yeah, that's another issue where they're on talking Trump, about taking Trump. those ones away, well, saying, look, as it was over I, the I dossier. Don't that there's a, I don't know that there's a procedure for doing that. But look, the impeachment of Trump impeachments weren't constitutional. And, uh, you know, they will, we, they will air, be aired again when the next couple of days he'll, he'll probably be indicted on the same ground that he was impeached the second time, the January 6th. So we'll revisit that at that point. I have to run to meet the former prime minister of Israel. So let's do it again next week. Okay. Look wow. forward to it. Good luck. Good luck, Good luck Alan. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, why don't we take a, can we take a break now and we'll come back with John Solomon with some breaking news.
common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news is John Solomon with Just the News. John, what do you got? Well, a lot going on. Perhaps the most important uh, story, a federal judge in Northern California today, by the way, a judge appointed by Barack Obama, struck down Joe Biden's new asylum rule. That's the asylum rule. He's allowing a lot more people to come into the country, but limiting it to certain countries that he wants to let folks in. Judge said, I'm sorry, Mr. President, you don't have the authority to do that. Congress didn't give you that authority. So he struck down one of the main border policies that Joe Biden has done a big blow. And it comes from one of the Obama era Judges, a lot of people talking about that. Meanwhile, well, day, John, just from cur- curiosity, John Katzmanini, just in curiosity, w- which uh, uh, countries was he uh, shooting down, and which ones did he want? Well, uh, there are uh, there's a list of countries that he gives a, a, a flexibility to come into the country, places like Venezuela and Cuba, and then other places where they don't allow as many in. He picks and chooses countries. The point the judge made is none of this authority is in the law. You got to do what Congress says. You can't make up your own laws. How many times have we heard that with Joe Biden? We just heard it on the uh, the uh, student loan thing. We heard it on several of the environmental regulations. Joe Biden keeps trying to make law when he's really the president and the courts, even the Obama era courts are striking him down. Yeah. Wow. Now, you also have some big stuff on uh, IRS whistleblowers. You talked to one of them. What did they reveal? Yeah. So over the last two weeks, we've been able to interview both IRS whistleblowers. Uh, Yesterday, the second whistleblower, previously known as Whistleblower X. Now we know his name. Uh, And uh, it was a really fascinating interview with Joseph Ziegler. He is a career IRS agent. He's a Joe Friday-like character. Whenever you ask him a question, he goes right to the facts. No opinion, no politics. He does say, listen, I'm a Democrat. I'm openly gay. The Democrats can't say I'm partisan on this. But I'm telling you, the way Hunter Biden was treated was not the way any other tax suspect in my entire career was treated. There was political interference. We weren't allowed to pursue very serious crime matters. We were kept from evidence, kept from interviews, kept from search warrants. It was not the way the Justice Department is supposed to be very dramatic. And he mentioned one thing that I think a lot of people didn't come to appreciate. He said he said that he said, I bet you a lot of Americans don't realize it. If Hunter Biden had been hit with a more severe tax case, meaning he didn't do the plea deal that he's going to appear in court for tomorrow. If he was hit with a more severe case, his book, the autobiography he wrote of himself uh, just a couple of years ago called Beautiful Things, it would have been used against him because so many of the things he spent money on, he described as business expenses in his taxes. But in his book, he talked about it being a personal reset unrelated to business. Joe Ziegler said, I would have used his book against him. It would have been a big uh, amount of impeachment material against the president's son. Wow. So it was in writing there. Yep. You know, John, I want to ask you also about um, the special counsel. There seems to be a big wait today uh, because the grand jury was meeting today. Potentially the January 6th charges could be coming uh, against President Trump at any moment from Jack Smith's grand jury. Yeah, listen, I, I think everyone's watching. I know of some witnesses that are going before the grand jury or being interviewed in the next coming couple of weeks, which makes me think that maybe an indictment won't be imminent because they got to get through those other interviews, those other witnesses, but it will be probably resolved by this uh, summer late this summer. Now, there's been a wrench in the whole uh, process. Former NYPD Commissioner Verity Carrick finally agreed to turn over some evidence, originally considered to be attorney-client privilege. But what it is, is all of his files showing that 
right up to January 5th, Rudy Giuliani, Bernie Carrick, the Trump legal team, still was investigating and digging in <clears throat> and believed a lot of the things that they believed were election fraud were still live issues, meaning they hadn't been disproven. They were active investigations. That could be a very significant piece of evidence, one that just got turned over to Jack Smith. We believe Bernie Carrick's going to do an interview with Jack Smith's team in a couple of weeks. But the big case that they would make against the president was he knew it was a lie when he said there was election problems and he, and he had already ruled them out. If Bernie Carrick's memos show that they were still really investigating police style, uh, a lot of these claims and they hadn't ruled them out, it puts a wrench in some of the government's arguments. That evidence just dropped in the last couple of days. That's really interesting, John. Well, I mean, they, they had the right to investigate. I mean, uh, right. I, I don't understand what the government was saying. Well, it is it is a tricky thing. Jack Smith has moved with lightning speed. I think a lot of people think that's good. Why let this drag on? Get to the point. Yeah. Do whatever you're going to do. But in the, in the course of perhaps going at lightning speed, maybe some of these issues that haven't been thoroughly vetted. One of them is was Donald Trump knowingly calling the election stolen when, in fact, his team had told them that uh, that these issues were not true, or were they real investigations going on? Uh, this new evidence, at least according to the sources who've seen it, uh, is going to show that the, the, at least a group of people under President Trump thought there were very serious open issues that weren't resolved by January 6th. Uh, John Solomon, anything else? We've got about a minute left. Yeah, listen, it's been a tough week for Ron DeSantis. He hasn't been getting great headlines. He had a little car accident on the campaign trail. Fortunately, no one injured. That's good news. But today he laid off a third of his staff. That's very rare for a candidate to have that big a layoff when we're really 18 months from uh, the general a election. A third of his staff. Holy cow. Yeah, I read somewhere it was like 38 people so far have left his staff. I mean, this is supposed to be the uptime. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now he says it's part of a reboot. We'll see if that actually creates a rebound or whether it's just a cost saving measure because he's treading water. He continues to go down to the polls. Donald Trump up in some poll uh, polls today, 59% in one of the Republican primary polls. And most interestingly, Donald Trump up in some of the general election polls yep. over Joe Biden. One of them, I think, four points today coming out. Uh, Joe Biden's in a little bit of trouble right now. Well, whatever will be, will be. Thank you, John Solomon, for coming on. And thank you always for uh, doing your homework and getting the truth out to the American people. Lots of big stuff. Great. um, Thank you, guys. Wow. That was Blockbuster, what John was just sharing with us. One third. A third. Of a laid off. And, you know, he is like now fighting for second place. Uh, and one polled uh, Tim Scott's like right there. And another one, Nikki Haley, depending on Iowa yeah, or Nikki South Haley. Carolina. Nikki Haley was right right in second yesterday I saw on TV. Yeah, I, I don't right believe any of those polls, but yeah. I think they have a, they show a, tent, a, a trend. Yeah, and also the fact that uh, he's losing so much staff. I mean, that that is not a good sign, Craig Eaton. This but, is supposed to be the high time. But you know, you know what? It's still early, but you know, like we've discussed in the past, DeSantis is forty four years old. He's got a great pedigree, great background. To go against Trump, he should have just waited four more years. If Trump, well, why wins, make an enemy? If you can make why a friend? make an enemy? Make you know, make a friend. Well, Say, look, you know, what? I'm not going to do this. He has, he's a young guy. Four years from now, if Trump wins, he can't run again anyway. Yeah, and, and now he's damaged goods. Yes, exactly. Uh, on the phone with us now. Who's <laughs> in the heart of Texas? I love that. Love that song. It's reminding me of my uh, my visits to Cancun. Rita, why don't we go to that interview? 
And joining us today on Cats and Cosby is Texas Congressman August Pfluger. Uh, great to have you here on the show, Congressman. Well, great to be here with you. Thank you. You know, so much stuff going on in the border, by the way. Uh, there is a chance now that the Biden administration may be suing uh, the Texas governor over those inflatable buoys. He says, I'm just defending the state. I'm defending the country. What's your reaction? Well, isn't it ironic that the uh, federal government would sue a state for protecting uh, the federal borders? And it, it really is... Uh, it uh, shows just how deranged this administration is when it comes to doing the right thing, protecting our country, keeping our communities safe. Uh, but that's kind of where we are. The chaos we see in my district with the fentanyl, uh, the, the amount of crime, the human trafficking, just the cost to human life, uh, it, it's unbelievable, and it's directly a result uh, of the administration's policies. Congressman, let me just speak, Kent. Let me, first of all, thank you for your service over the years. It's really great. And on the great job you're doing in Congress, I understand over the weekend you met with the NYPD regarding uh, border security. Can you tell us what you discussed? Well, absolutely. I serve on the Homeland Security Committee and was able to bring uh, Anthony D'Esposito, an NYPD detective with me, Mike Lawler, a great congressman. uh, And and we were able to have some conversations about counterterrorism. We talked about we went to the 9-11 memorial and thank you for your work. Uh, on that, this is something that every American needs to see. The museum is is very impactful. But um, what they told us was, just because we don't see acts of terrorism, doesn't mean that people aren't trying to do them. Uh, and so I so I chair the committee on counterterrorism, and this is very important to me, especially being a military veteran. You have some great New York members who, by the way, helped us get the majority. This is the only reason we have the majority. Actually, hitting home with me, because I've been chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, and Anthony Disposito is my congressman, and Mike Lawler I've known for years, so you're in good company. Well, these guys are great, but we spent some time talking to NYPD officers about local issues, about terrorism issues, about what they're doing, and by the way, they're all around the country. They're all over the country teaching places like my district in Texas how to have a fusion center, how to share intelligence, ways to protect our country. I couldn't be prouder of what the NYPD is doing um, and, and the, ser- the level of service that they have for their, their community. Well, you know, there's so many things going on. Uh, you, you're also on the Energy Committee. And uh, energy is a big item. All of a sudden, uh, uh, it's the enemy to people. And in, in New York, they're, they're, they're trying to uh, outlaw uh, heaters uh, for our uh, homes. I mean, what the heck is going on in the Energy Committee? Is this stuff really being discussed in the Energy Committee, or is it just uh, stuff that people just throw out? No, it, it's... Another version of insanity that you that you see this administration threatening to kill gas stoves, to tell people what kind of stoves they're going to buy in their homes, telling us that we're going to mandate the government, the federal government is going to mandate 50, 60, 70 percent electric vehicles. And yes, we, we are discussing these things. Look, I represent the Permian Basin, Midland, Odessa. This is the most prolific production area in our country, if not the entire world. And it's what's keeping our country alive when it comes to the energy that is distributed. Uh, we could be doing so much more, though. You, we, we have energy formations like the Utica in New York. You, you have the Marcellus in Pennsylvania. 
Um, and the administration has declared war on fossil fuels. And, and that's what doubled the price of, uh, of uh, our gasoline. And uh, That's exactly right. It created the whole inflation problem. That, that's exactly right. Why do we have a president who goes to Saudi Arabia and asks for more oil from Saudi when he could go right here in the United States and just increase production? And everybody in Manhattan, in Long Island, in Staten Island, Nassau County, the prices for groceries and gas and, and heating bills would be lower if only we would just unleash American energy. Understood. Uh, uh, August, I was going to ask you, how are the relations in Congress between the parties? Is there a way to get things done? It was ever so great in the old days. By the way, Congressman King, uh, I understand they're mad at Hakeem Jeffries right now, some of the Democrats, for, for being close to making certain deals with uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Have you heard that, Congressman? No, go ahead. Yeah. Well, they, they certainly have been mad uh, because the radical sides of each party mm. are pulling you know, to the left and to the right. Um, I'll give you an example. Last week I introduced a resolution that reaffirmed our relationship with Israel that said Israel is not an apartheid state. Israel is not a racist state. And the United States of America considers Israel to be the staunchest ally in the Middle East. Guess what? We had nine people. And I know this is not going to surprise you, including AOC, who voted against that. How can you vote against that? But people like Hakeem Jeffries who are trying to negotiate or do something in the middle, and by the way, Michael Huller and Diaz Pizzito and Molinaro and these new congressmen, Nicole Maliotakis, they are doing the right thing, and they're working together. But, of course, the fractures are happening, and, and they're on to uh, Hakeem for some of these issues. And Kevin McCarthy faces some of that in our party. He, he certainly does. You know, it seems par for the course, though, uh, Congressman, and everybody, we're talking here on Cats and Cosby with August Pfluger, uh Congressman from Midland, Texas, in his second term. Um, you know, I want to ask you your thoughts about sort of it, it's par for the course. You talk about Israel. Look at the way that President Biden has handled Iran. Uh, we were talking about China earlier. Uh, and also look at the withdrawal from Afghanistan. How do you think we're being seen to the world? It's very weak. It started with the disastrous with withdrawal from Afghanistan. I've served over two decades in the military. That was shameful. And it was certainly not the way that we show the rest of the world our strength. Uh, now, Iran, you know, continuing to sell oil on the black market. Uh, the administration, I believe, is complicit in looking the other way. But the real issue here is that the CCP is looking at how we deal with these issues. The Chinese Communist Party is calculating. They're gauging and they're, they're trying to figure out their next steps. And if they view America as weak, then it emboldens them. It emboldens our adversaries, which is not uh, what Congressman King stood for, what, what, you know, how, how you led us in our own homeland uh, security. Uh, unfortunately, President Biden um, is seen as weak around the world. I can ask you on a personal level, after all your years in the military, where you have order, you have discipline, you have people doing what they're supposed to do, how did it feel coming to Congress and seeing what well, must have been chaotic to you? It, it is chaotic. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, I'm so proud to serve with so many... Uh, so many people um, like Anthony D'Esposito, you know, a NYPD detective, somebody who knows right from wrong, right. who has integrity. And so that's what keeps me going, because it is chaotic. And you have some real characters there, but, <laughs> but you have some great people. Uh, and it's a pleasure to be in New York City talking to some of the finest servant leaders uh, like the NYPD and FDNY. Absolutely. Well, Congressman August Pfluger uh, from the great state of Texas visiting New York. We love having you here. Thank you for joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me.
And we have another Texan coming up right after the break. Yeah, we do. We have uh, Chris Olivares, who is right there on the front lines in the border, talking about the Biden administration suing Texas because Texas is trying to protect its borders. You can't make this up. You can't make that up. And also, uh, Ray Tierney. We have a biggie. Uh, Well, yes, uh, an exclusive. We have Ray uh, Tierney at at just about 10 minutes to 6. And he's going to tell us uh, an update what they found in the house. Yeah, in the Gilgo Beach. That is going to be explosive. And we also have another a big guest. We've got Congressman Jason Smith, who is going to be talking. He's head of the Ways and Means. And he's going to be talking about the sweetheart plea deal uh, that may or may not go through tomorrow with Hunter Biden. So find out what is happening. Let's go to that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back on Katz and Cosby. And, John, the this is amazing. You can't make this up. Uh, the Biden administration is suing Texas, basically, for trying to protect its borders because the Biden administration won't. You can't make it up. You can't, this is amazing. It's lunacy. It's absolute lunacy. It is crazy. And joining us now is Lieutenant Chris Oliveras. He is the spokesperson with the Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, Lieutenant Oliveras, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. What's your reaction uh, to all of this? I mean, first of all, it comes after um, Governor Abbott of Texas put up those temporary buoys, those floatable buoys on, uh, you know, in right Rio there Grande. in Eagle Pass, right in Rio Grande, separating Mexico and Texas. Uh, they're trying to protect themselves. As you guys know, you're right there on the front lines. And now the basically Biden administration saying uh, you can't do it. I, I mean, you can't make this up. Well, Rita, you know, first off, you know, thanks for having me on. And of course, like you said, you know, you, you can't make this up. You know, it's, it's really shocking that our own government uh, is trying to prevent us from protecting our own state and protecting the country because our men and women of the Texas Department of Public Safety, our National Guard, all of those are supporting us right now. Other law enforcement agencies that have, that have come down to the border from other states, um, it, it's really shocking to, to hear that or, or even to, to see what's taking place right now when our own government is trying to sue us and trying to prevent us from protecting the border. Uh, Governor Abbott made it very clear yesterday that we have the sovereign authority to protect our state and to protect the country. And we're going to continue using every measure, every strategy in place to do that. And, of course, you know, the federal government, they want us to turn a blind eye, just like they've had you know, for the past two years. They don't want us to do anything. They want people by the thousands to come across the border between the ports of entry. And we cannot allow that. And, you know, when we're trying to stop people from crossing between the port of entry. And first off, that is not a legal way to seek asylum. That is not a safe way to seek asylum. Women and children that are crossing a dangerous river. We're trying to prevent that by having measures in place. A marine barrier is a perfect example of that. It's not going to cause harm to any person that's trying to cross a river. In fact, it discourages that. So those that decide to enter that river and cross it, they're doing it at their own risk. But yet the federal government refuses to protect them or discourage that, and they allow it to happen, and they want us to allow it to happen. But, of course, we're not going to stand down. We're going to continue moving forward with operations, and that's what we're going to continue doing. The governor made it very clear. You know, uh, Lieutenant Chris Oliveras with the Texas Department of Public Safety, the irony doesn't escape me that one of the things that uh, the Department of Justice, the Biden DOJ came out and said was, A, they're going after the environment. I mean, <laughs> that's the one. And then the other thing is that it's not humanitarian. Um, it's not safe for the migrants, these floating buoys, because they go, what, a foot underwater, I think. Uh, and also they, they turn on top so they can fall. I'm thinking you just hit it on the head. 
that, wait a minute, transporting all these women and children with the cartels are doing and these horrible stories of what's happening to people on the route to America and the way that these, you know, coyotes are just abusing these women and children. That's not safe for them. I mean, that they would actually come out and say the border, the, the floating buoy isn't safe, but don't worry about all these other things the cartels are doing every single day at the border, Lieutenant. Right. So as far as on the, invent- on the uh, environmental side, I mean, these marine buoys are not going to affect, you know, the flow of the river. It's not going to create any type of environmental issues. If you really want to look at the environmental issues, it's all the trash, all the used hygiene products, diapers that are left um, on the U.S. side once these illegal immigrants cross the river because they discard all their trash. I'm in Eagle Pass right now, actually. And that's what I saw all day today. And we see it everywhere across the border where trash is being thrown as they cross the river. That in itself is an environmental issue. But yet there's no outrage on that part. There's outrage the fact that we have a marine barrier, uh, which creates no environmental issues. That's that's what the, out, the outrage is right now. Well, and of course, Texas it's, 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 has the right to protect their border. Yeah. And, uh, and look, I believe in immigration. We should have an Ellis Island type situation and and allow people to 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 be vetted. I mean, we want immig- immigrants, but we don't want criminals. We don't want uh, drug dealers. We don't want terrorists. Yeah, it shouldn't be a free for all. How tough is right. it down there in Texas for you, uh, Lieutenant? What is it like every single day? Just how well, voluminous it is. It's it's always challenging, right? Because of course we're trying to prevent people from crossing the river. You have those that are that are coming across, you know, women and children single adults uh, turning themselves in or looking for border patrol so they could seek asylum. Of course, it all goes back to, well, we're trying to discourage that. We're trying to redirect them to a port of entry where they should be seeking asylum. That's why the federal government put in place the CBP-1 app, which has been a complete disaster because I've talked to some of these illegal immigrants and they tell me that they've been waiting for two to five months for an appointment. It doesn't work. And that's why they get frustrated. And that's why they cross the river. So what is being done on the federal side to stop that or protect them? Nothing's being done. So it's our men and women that are on the front lines every single day rescuing these illegal immigrants from drowning, pulling dead bodies out of the river, rescuing children that are left abandoned at the riverbank by smugglers. And also we're arresting smugglers that are bringing people across. They're robbing them. They're extorting them. They're assaulting them. We are the ones doing the job. No one else is out here jumping in the river doing that or actually protecting these illegal immigrants from crossing the river. It's, it's our men and women of DPS, National Guard. They're out there every single day doing the job. All right. Well, Lieutenant Christopher Olivares, thank you very, very much. We really appreciate you there, right there on the front lines. And uh, we just have such appreciation for the hard work that the men and the women on the border are doing every single day. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And uh, now, by the way, uh, we have on the line Congressman Jason Smith. Uh, he, of course, is chair of the Ways and Means Committee. And uh Chairman, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Such big stuff. I know that everybody's wondering what's going to happen tomorrow with the plea deal with Hunter Biden. Uh, you sent over information. You had that blockbuster testimony from the IRS whistleblowers. You know, it's great to be with you. Um, we've we've asked for, um, in fact, the 15 hours of of depositions that we took in the House Ways and Means Committee from the two whistleblowers, Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler, they came up with some um, some really crucial information of how the department they they outlined allegations of how the Department of Justice delayed the prosecution in numerous different aspects that actually ultimately led to the tax crimes of 2014 and 15 for the statute of limitations to expire. And in those tax years, 
he uh, these IRS investigators, even and even the assistant prosecutor in Delaware, claimed that Hunter Biden should have been charged with several felony accounts and also mis- also misdemeanors. The whistleblowers highlighted how the Department of Justice um, denied aspects of the investigation and also divulged information to Hunter Biden's lawyers that 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 led to a huge issue. So it was great for the American people to see the whistleblowers that we had met. I hope that the judge has this information. In fact, we've asked for this information to be presented to the judge. And um, we think that this is very, very important that she has all the information before she makes her decision. Today. Yeah, you bet. And everybody, we're talking to the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Congressman Jason Smith. Uh, judge Weinberg, you got a question. Nice to talk to you again, Mr. Chairman. I would, I would say to you, sir, that if I was sitting as a trial judge in that court, I would not take the plea. There's more information that should be gathered. She should not lend herself to be part of a process that clearly raises real questions about whether it was tainted and whether there was a, a fixing in the whole process. And it should be stopped. She has no reason to take it now because there's no jail time as part of the deal. You can wait until all the facts come in. The Heritage Foundation try to get information in, which you know about, and the United States Court of Appeals has refused to give it for, for a period of, of time. So why don't we see what happens if the Heritage Foundation can get all the documentation and correspondence between the U.S. Attorney in Delaware and the Attorney General in Washington? What say you, Congressman? Well, I will say that um, we asked the Attorney General of the United States and also prosecutor, the, the U.S. Attorney Weiss to voluntarily submit this information since they're a party to it, because we felt like it's important that that judge has full information when she's looking at this. We heard crickets back from the Attorney General of the United States and also the prosecutor. So because we heard crickets, we had to file a motion this morning, um, an amicus brief, to make sure that these 15 hours of depositions are are available and before the judge so she can review that and have full information when she makes her decision tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Craig Eaton. You know, Congressman, I think that's that's amazing because you know what? The attorney general and the prosecutor, they don't want to upset this plea deal. So the more the more that you can pound on and give to that judge, um, the more the judge has to look at and, and to realize that this plea deal is clearly tainted. I want to make sure that the justice system works yep. appropriately. Yep. I want to make sure that judge has all the information. And what these two whistleblowers highlighted is very, very disturbing. And it it should alarm anyone. Um, they showed so many examples that that were unbelievable. One of the whistleblowers said that they've seen more obstruction in this investigation than that what he had saw in wow. his whole 14 years at the IRS. Wow, that is... That's compelling. That's that actually is, very compelling. Yeah, I mean, you would think uh, a judge, just like uh, Judge Weinberg was saying, that they would say, wait a minute. I, I want to get your reaction also, uh, Congressman Jason Smith, to um, what House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been making a lot of headlines of late, um, saying that the Biden family business dealings, quote, rising to the level of an impeachment inquiry. Um, your thoughts, do you think it rises to that level, and should there be an impeachment inquiry? You know, we have said all along that in the Ways and Means Committee, we're going to follow the facts 
And that's, in fact, what we're doing. We've asked for 13 more people to come before my committee, Jim Jordan's committee, and Jamie Comer's committee, because we're using this investigation, all three of us together. And, and they have been trying to stall us. I can assure you we are going to use every tool in the toolbox to get these people before us. We have to get more facts. But let me tell you, there's a lot of onion. There's a lot of layers to this onion, and it's not looking good. And they're all leading towards the president. Who are the 13? The 13 includes two IRS agents. Um, several members of the Department of Justice and a couple Secret Service individuals. It's all centered around an October 7th, 2022 meeting where the, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, Mr. Weiss, was alleged by the two IRS whistleblowers that he said that he could not bring charges in Washington, D.C., and that he was refused a special counsel, when in fact the U.S. Attorney General of the United States has testified before Congress under oath saying that the U.S. attorney has full discretion in bringing charges. Someone's not telling the truth. One thing that we do know is these two whistleblowers from the IRS, their stories has been constant and consistent. The stories that have not been consistent are those coming from the U.S. attorney in Delaware and the Biden family. Wow. Well, that is explosive. You're right. And listen, uh, that's important. If the, uh, you know, Attorney General of the United States, uh, wasn't honest under oath, uh, there's a lot to go after there. Um, Congressman, thank you so much. Please come back again soon. You've got some big stuff there. Absolutely. Great to be with you all. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, and John, after the break, uh, we have Ray Tierney, the Suffolk County DA. Some breaking news. They finished the, uh, the search at the home yep. of the Gilgo killer, uh, the suspect there, and they've Let's been excavating. Wow. He's going to fill us in next. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, with us now is uh, uh, DA Ray Tierney and uh, Suffolk County. And uh, uh, DA Tierney, tell us, uh, give us an update. What the heck is going on? So we've uh, concluded the search of the uh, the defendant's house. Uh, so uh, we're we're now going to analyze all of that evidence, uh, which is a voluminous amount of evidence, which we've removed from the house. And the first uh, court appearance after the arraignment will be August first, which I believe is is next Tuesday. And and tell us any new surprises. I know uh, there was a vault down there or something and. Uh, what was it used for? Storing the guns or target practice or what? Yeah, so he had he had uh, you know uh, upwards of three hundred guns, uh, and so that's where he st- he stored the the uh, the guns in the vault. Uh, and he had a, but he had a lot of other materials in the in the house. And um, we're looking for DNA. We're looking for blood. Uh, we're looking for hairs and fibers. So uh, our criminologist went through that house with a fine tooth comb. I think you also, did you go outside? Were you digging up outside? Because some of the neighbors had said there was possible situations that he was always digging outside. Yes, we did. We, we had looked for, we had technology that allowed us to see into the ground. Uh, and so we operated that outside and uh, we, we, there was some digging, uh, but really nothing of consequence was found outside the house. Understood. Uh, what else would you like to tell all New Yorkers and all Americans? And and the, uh, you have made international news on this situation. And uh, 
Uh, you feel good? Are we getting close to the bottom? Uh, we feel great. I mean, I think the task force model works. This is just the beginning. We have great partners. So we've, uh, you know, we've, we've completed the, uh, pretty much completed the, uh, the uh, grand jury on the Gilgo Four. We're going to continue to work on the murder of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Uh, we're going to prepare the case for trial. We're going to evaluate this evidence. And we're also going to look into those other bodies on Gilgo as well. So we certainly have our work cut out for us. And uh, D.A. Tierney, this is Rita Cosby. It's so great to have you here. Um, you know, are you getting calls, I would imagine, from all over the country? I mean, we've seen that he had property in South Carolina. They're looking into maybe Atlantic City. Um, are you getting just searching the net far and wide from wherever he would have any connections just by the potential? Thanks, Rita. We, we are, you know, we, we always engage with our law enforcement partners uh, with regard to their investigations. And we're, we are here. Uh, we're willing to help. And, uh, you know, we could pro- provide assistance. And uh, so those, those conversations in this and other cases are ongoing. And uh, we also have Craig Eaton here for you, Mr. D.A. Yeah, we miss you in Brooklyn. I know you were in, under with Eric Gonzalez for a couple of years. And my son worked there when you were there. But um, you're doing a great job out there. But this, who would have ever thought that this guy, you know what I'm saying? Mild-mannered guy with a family out in Suffolk County. Who would have thought that this was the uh, the defendant in, in all of these crimes? Well, well thanks, Craig. And, and, you know, what we see in this case is not uncommon uh, is that these, uh, you know, folks, they live this double life. And he certainly had, uh, you know, a, a self that he presented to the public. And then he had this other self. Uh, which, uh, you know, thanks to the work of the task force, uh, we were able to uncover. Well, you're doing a great job out there. Yeah, absolutely. Judge Weinberg, you've got a question for D.A. Ray Tierney. Uh, Mr. District Attorney, as you're looking at this, and you've only been there about a a year and a half in the role, do you see that uh, you've had certain benefits from the historical investigations or the new DNA? Um, I think that, you know, a lot of this technology was, was available, um, even as far back as, you know, the, the early 2000s. Uh, so we, we remain on the cutting edge of those things. But I think more, more than that, I, we really just benefited from the, the talent and the uh, resources of our, our great partners in this case, meaning uh, my own office, the Suffolk County PD, the Sheriff's Department, the New York State Police, and, of course, the FBI. And everybody, we're talking to Suffolk County DA Ray Tierney. Um, Mr. DA, also, can you tell me, um, they were saying um, no human remains were found in the backyard. And I was seeing somewhere 279 guns uh, close, but they gave an exact number. Is that right on both of those? Uh, yeah, there was uh, quite a few guns. I mean, there's uh, we're still cataloging the guns, so that's a, that's an approximate number. There could be pieces of guns, and and depending upon what definition of firearm you use, whether it's the federal definition or the state definition, but suffice to say, a tremendous amount of guns. He had 92 handgun permits alone. Wow. Also, you know, um, how, talk about the suspect. Um, you know, this Rex Hurman. 92 handgun yes, permits. That's amazing. And they were issued, uh, I mean, why 92 handgun permits? Are they just for uh, carry or just for uh, uh, possession? And he's an architect. They were, yeah, not, uh, not, for, not for carry. He did not have a carry permit. Uh, you know, there are, there are the people who are, uh, you know, hunters or, or marksmen. So, um, you know, that, that's what he had. You know, what about him, too? I understand he's on suicide watch. Uh, but I, I saw a report today, DA, that... 
he's showing zero emotion. Uh, can you kind of tell us what his condition is, where he is, and uh, who's visited him or who hasn't? Sure. I mean, he's he's in the Suffolk County Jail, and I know that our sheriff is is making sure that uh, he stays safe. And I'm sure that whatever is being done is is being done under an abundance of caution. I don't think there's any particular concern with regard to to this defendant. But uh, you know, given the notoriety of the case, I think they're just um, doing whatever precautions they can to make sure that he remains safe. Well, thank you very much, DA Tierney, and uh, we look forward to. Uh Anything new that you have, please uh, let us know. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks so much. I enjoyed talking to the whole panel. Thank Thank you. you. Great to have you here, sir. Thank you. Wow. Wow. What an interesting show. Boy, there's so much news going on, John. Yep. And uh, we had, uh, there's just so much news. I like that. By the way, I like the Texas music, guys. That was a nice addition earlier. What did you think? That was a a good one. That was a nice addition, John. I I agree. Now, what do we stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.